Hello, I'm Ben Lindsay, CEO and founder of Power the Fight, and welcome to Power Talk, talks that empower you to impact youth violence in your context. Power Talks are short, powerful interviews from leading youth violence experts, spreading new ideas and sharing best practice. Today, we have the second part of our three-part series on the church response to the increase in youth violence. We are again joined by Pastor Ephraim Buckle from Ecclesia Church, Youth Pastor Leo Power from Jubilee Church London, Pastor Joe McNamara from King's Church London, and Youth Pastor Jerome Rudder from Emmanuel Gateway. Great. So we've just done part one, looking at the church response to the youth violence issue. This is part two. Um, it'd be great if we could just introduce ourselves again to my right. Cool. I'm Ephraim. I'm pastor at Ecclesia and Lewisham and proprietor of our independent school, TLG Lewisham. I'm Joe, pastor at King's Church, uh, leader at Downham site and involved on the New Day team, uh, youth festival for 7,000 young people up in Norfolk. I'm Leo, I'm a youth pastor at Jubilee Church Enfield and also work in a local secondary school doing behaviour work. I'm Jerome, um, I lead a youth ministry in Lewisham called Fearless um, and I'm a part of a church called Emmanuel Gateway. Great. Part one, we spoke about uh, a lot of things. We looked at some of the uh, systemic issues around youth violence. We looked at some of the reasons why uh, young people were involved in some stuff. We looked at some church responses you all uh, amazingly, we're talking about some of the things that you're, you're involved in and your churches do. Um, for this next kind of part, I suppose we want to just give, I want to give you guys permission to, to, to go deeper and also talk about some of the things which was on, on your hearts. Um, and we all know each other, so yeah, let's just have a really kind of open conversation about some things. But we know that this youth violence issue is a big problem. We know it's increasing. And we know that local and central government are looking for answers. And <clears throat> you mentioned in part one about the Youth Violence Commission, one of the things in there, one of the recommendations was that faith groups uh, can be a real answer to this issue. Um, how do we get that message across to the average church leader and church member? How do we get the message across? Or... Well, how do we get the right message across? Well, I yeah, I mean, I suppose, how do we get everybody on the same page that the church in the UK can be a major force for change with this particular issue? And how do we get everybody, excuse the pun, singing from the same hinship sheet to, 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 to basically say what we're, we're, we're in unison on this issue? I think predominantly churches are known to be safe places. And I always say it, but people will go to a church to find refuge away from the things that they know to be normal, the things that they see on an everyday basis. Churches are large, churches are small. But I think if every church just reaches out to their community with what little they have and does what they, and does what they can, do what they can do with what they have, you're making a difference. Whether it's opening your doors once a week, like was said, for a youth club, whether there's 30, 20, 10 people that come, these are young people that come in to escape like the country, going away from what they know and coming into a place where it's safe, they have freedom, they have fun and they enjoy being young. But if I'm, let's say, you know, 
I, I won't use the term devil's advocate because, you know, it's a bit odd. But I, what I will say, um, <laughs> you know, if I'm going to play a certain card, yeah. I'm just an average church yeah. member. And I'm, all I know about the youth violence issue is what the Sun headlines are telling me. And I'm scared. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking, I'm not going near these kids, these black kids, mm. listening to that hippity hop and drill, whatever it is. I'm not getting involved. <laughs> Yet, at the same time, I'm a believer of Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm, I'm provoked to do something, yeah. but I'm also fearful. What would you say? I think that I would say to them that Jesus has called us to be the light of the world. And I think, you know, light shine in the darkness. And I think, you know, called us to live in a comfortable middle ground where everything's safe and all the time. He's called us to go to the, to the darkest places, to the places where there needs to be hope. And I would say that whoever they are, one thing you always challenge, I remember you challenging a few of us, Ben, years ago, is if you're just a member, church member and you're concerned about these issues, go and speak to your vicar, go and speak to your pastor and say, listen, what, what are we doing as a church to engage with this? And, and ask them the question, do you know what I mean? And say, what, what can we do as a church? And provoke the conversation, because some people are not even having the conversation. Yeah. But you as a church, whoever you are, whatever, however big your church is, yeah. You can, you can say that, what, what can we do? And I think church is now without excuse because I think some people might be saying things like, ah, oh, oh, you know, we don't know enough about it. Well, there's plenty of people that are willing to train you. Right. Do you know what I mean? There's plenty of, of organisations, there's charities that will gladly come and resource you and help you and say, well, listen, we will give you the tools, the skill set, the things to empower you yes. to try and, you know, make a small change. And I think, you know, there's even small changes. Do you know what I mean? I think that there are different levels. I think on a personal level, um, people can take steps. On an institutional level, the church can take steps. I think on a personal level, often people feel very um, scared to connect with young people that may be in their life um, and in their kind of family and friends and church networks. Um, You know, it could be their niece or nephew if they don't have children themselves or even their own children because they feel alienated from their lives. They don't understand them. They don't relate to their culture. They don't understand the music that they're listening to, the games that they're playing, and so feel quite intimidated by that. But just by literally striking up a conversation and, and speaking to young people, you know, I mean, listening, being willing to listen and say, tell me, tell me about the things that concern you. Like, what is it like for you jumping on the bus and going to school in the morning? Um, how do you feel? Um, how do you feel when you're having to go across town to some activity? Um, what are the things that um, you feel could really make a difference in your life? And just begin to build relationships with young people and um, take an interest, listen, and encourage them that, you know what, I'm praying for you. And if there's anything more that I can do, you know, if you want to meet up and, you know, beginning to actually connect with young people in a way that demystifies their life. Yeah, yeah. And it's not just related to what the media tell us or the horror stories we hear. Um, and we're more able to actually empathize and, and even, you know, in the first instance, you might not have anything to offer by way of guidance or wisdom and so on, but just to be a listening ear and to show that you care and that you'll be praying for them in and of itself can cause that young person to have a stronger sense of belonging and support. And, you know, they may turn around and one day and say, look, you know what, I was in a situation where I was carrying a knife because I thought that I needed to be safe and I almost needed to pull it out and they begin to open up and begin to divulge some of their, their fears and concerns and, you know, and then it, 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 at least 
there's someone that they're able to talk to rather than feel like they've got no one. They can't talk to their parents because it's going to be a madness. They can't talk to their teachers. <coughs> you get what I'm saying? And so I guess on a personal level, there's that. I think on an institutional level, um, I think that church is working together. Um, I yeah, think... break that down a little bit because that's not something which we traditionally see, yeah. especially denominations. Yeah. Different. I mean, I think maybe all of us are from... There's probably three denominations represented here, yet we've somehow come together for a common purpose. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Talk a little bit about... Um, you know, I, I think that I know for myself personally... I've definitely fallen into that trap in the past of feeling like it's all about us and what we're going to do to kind of save the day. You know what I mean? We're going to be the vessel, the tool that God uses. You know what I mean? And it's like, actually, no, we're part of a bigger family. We're part of a bigger army. We're part of a bigger network. And so the first thing is I've got to get over that mindset that it's all reliant on us and our efforts. And then begin to look at who's in my community in terms of churches, church leaders, who are the, the brethren? Who are the believers in the, in the borough? And then begin to try and make those connections. You know, it's a blessing when a, like yourself, power to fight, begins to rally the churches. Mm-hmm. And even in that, I'm sure that there were leaders who ignored it and they didn't connect. You know what I mean? And it's like, so why not? Mm-hmm. Do you think as a leader that you and your, however big your church is, however strong your congregation is, that it's going to be you guys that are going to do it on your own. Yeah. No, we need to come together, yeah. partner up, yeah. pool our resources, be praying together, be strategically working together. And, and the other thing I would say is, sorry to hog the floor, but for me, I'm kind of passionate about this. I think also there can be a real negative view of partnering with the community, okay. partnering with the, the stakeholders, partnering with your local youth offending team, yeah. your, your local... IAG, yeah. um, you, you know, like, and actually building relationships and making yourself known as we're here to serve. Yes. How can we contribute to this joint up effort yes. and not just see the, the, the government or the agencies as the enemy or other charities as, you know what I'm saying? I think that's a massive point and I think this is part of the philosophy of Power to Fight. I'm fortunate to have worked in local and central government um, in a past life. And therefore, the question I always had was, okay, we've got this issue of youth violence, which local and central government are talking about. But like you said in part one, Joe, we've also got the biggest resources, unlimited resources, and also the biggest volunteer group, but the two are not coming together. And I think what you've just said there is, is there is a fear. But what I will say is that because um, of what is going on, local government and central government and now looking at faith groups and churches. Yeah. You know, in part one, you guys were talking, in, just in this side of the room, there is 300 young people you're engaging with. Now that, when I take that to mayors and people like that, they can't believe that these young people, there's some, something positive going on in this situation, and, you know, there's no government money going into it, but something's happening. That is, you know, and then Joe, maybe you can talk a little bit about New Day. But when I also say, or is there's an event where 7,000 young people across the country are coming, mm. and not just 7,000 kids who are not understanding what's going on on the, like urban or even like what's going on on the street level. We've got inner city kids coming to a uh, showground in, in Norwich, and 
we've also got some of the best people engaging with them, that blows their mind. So I think yeah. what you've just said there is, is, is almost the, if the penny can drop, yeah. that we can engage with councils and yeah. um, IAGs, like independent advisory groups and uh, safer neighbourhood boards mm-hmm. and write letters to our MPs. Um, I, don't know if, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about maybe some of the things that we've even seen at New Day. And Yeah, I mean, New Day's a, like I said, a youth festival, you know, about 7,000 young people, uh, and it's a fantastic event, been involved, went as a young person, actually, and, and I'm now involved in, in just helping lead some of it. Leo comes up, brings 200 young people, do you know what I mean, from North London. We take, you know, over 100 young people from, from South London, and some of the young people that come are, you know, we've been up there, and, you know, you've been there seeing them in tears because they found out that one of their friends has been killed back home, and they've seen it on Snapchat, they've seen it, we're up till in the night morning with them, but what an environment for them to be in, do you know what I mean? One day away from all of it, but we're able just to speak some truth into them, to be there, to support them, to encourage them, they can't get involved in any sort of, do you know what I mean? They're there with us, and we engage with issues, there's seminar streams that engage with, you know, knife crime, drugs, violence, some of the things that these young people are living with day to day. And there's some of the best voices in the country coming in to deliver workshops, to speak into these things. You've got 7,000 people praying into youth violence, you know, of an evening. And so we're just trying to engage more and more. And this is a place, again, young people can come feel safe. Mm. Young people can come, they're away from just the madnesses that are going on back in their, in their hometowns. They're, they're up there, you know. It's, it's beautiful to see there's, they're, they're playing football against d- different boroughs, they're water fighting with one another, but there's a, there's a, do you know what I mean? Things that they're from different parts of the boroughs where if they were back home, they'd probably be wanting to fight, but they're there making friends. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it, and it gives them just a completely different mindset and they go back and the changes we see are remarkable. Do you know what I mean? In, in some of the young people, and <clears throat> Leo could tell you the same. And so, yeah, it's a great event. And so I would recommend it to any, any pastor out there, any vicar who's thinking, oh, we've got some young people you can bring them to that event and, and, and they'll be impacted. But, I mean, interestingly, just going back to the partnership thing, I mean, that event started off as a very kind of like New Frontiers event. It was a nomination of churches that like, we're connected to. <clears throat> but over the years, that has grown, oh, like, grown like across the nomination. Yeah, we bring people in XLP. Mm. You know, they've been in the last couple of years, partner with them. They're a charity based in London, working in the city boroughs. Um, you know, and they're a fantastic charity working with young people. They come there with us for the week, mm. running workshops. They've got a music production van up there doing things for young people. Some of the young people that come recognise them from the estate mm. that they're in during the year. Ah, oh, it's excellent. Ah, oh, mm. it's that worker, I know him. And so there's just, you know, we're more and more inviting other organisations saying, listen, let's partner, let's, do you know what I mean? What, what services can you provide? So what, what I'm picking up, I mean, um, like anything when we're going to do partnering, it takes one or two people to be that, that focal point, that conduit. And I think if there's anything I would be encouraging churches, like you said, Joe, you know, to encourage people to go and talk to their pastors because there are going to be people where God's laid stuff on, on their heart and we'll be able to pioneer some stuff. I think that's what happened when we had a young person um, murdered in, in Nurshenborough just before we, we launched Emmanuel. New Cross, and um, suddenly it was like, okay, we need to pray, mm. and I need to get other churches in, in the mix. And I was very surprised that first evening, um, which I think you were there, mm. and, and there, was, there was like a hundred plus people there, 
and different churches, different churches, Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, whatever it was. And we had grieving parents there and we're praying for the parents. And I was just like, wow, this is incredible. It can be done, but it takes a lot of hard work. It takes resources, it takes, um, it takes some time. I think like you were talking about, I mean, the average church person, what can they do? And I think partly it's starting with who you have and where you are. And, and the truth is, is that some of the young people that are involved in gangs or knife crime, um, they didn't start that way. They started in Sunday school, do you know what I mean? They started, do you know what I mean, playing drums or whatever. You know, and, and, and yeah, more so in, in black majority churches. Um, you, you know I mean? And so uh, a, a guy might be involved in whatever is involved in Monday to Saturday, but still grandma will tell him he needs to go to church on a Sunday and he'll find himself in church, so... But why is, why is this? And I'm going to pick... This is a fantastic point because what I would say, someone who's worked in the youth offending service and has worked in community safety teams, I would honestly say that maybe 90% of the young people I've worked with have come from some type of church background. So we need to... You know, I said this uh, in another talk that basically it's very easy for anyone to critique another culture. It's easy to point the finger and say, you're doing this wrong, mm. I don't agree with that. What I find really hard, and anyone, would be let's critique ourselves. And if 90% in my mind of young people I've worked with have come from the church, mm. then we have a problem we which we're not actually talking about. Mm. So I'm finding that out there <laughs> for you to talk about why do you think we have You this. know what, I feel that a lot of people are kind of scared to take the steps that a man like Leo will be doing. Like, he hasn't got 200 young people by accident. Yeah. So we need to hear not just what you're doing, but what's the reasoning behind it. Yeah. So you have a DJ and a band. Now, some people would see that as excessive. Like, oh, DJ, it's a bit, mm. you know what I mean? A bit worldly or whatever. Yeah. What would cause you to have that commitment to say, no, we're going to we're gonna give them something that they can relate to in that way and, and, and the impact that you see that have in them actually feeling like it's for them. Yeah. I think for, for us, it was about us and the leaders that I get to lead with, just creating something that young people will enjoy, the things that they listen to on a regular basis. And it's just, it's, it's creating that atmosphere the atmosphere of, I'm coming here, I know I'm going to have fun, I'm going to enjoy myself, but yet there's a message behind it all. Mm. Jesus is in the message, but they're not being rammed down their throat. Yeah? But we're saying, we're here. As leaders, we're here. The church is here to help you. I had a guy on Sunday who just come back to church after many years. He grew up in the church. He said, Leo, I was baptised here, you know. I said, for real? Because I didn't even know him them times. He was young. Mm. Okay. He goes, listen, I've, I've had it difficult out there mm. and I've decided to come back. Mm. Why has he come back? Well, he's come back because he's a place that's safe for him. Mm. He knows that if he comes on a Sunday and Monday to Saturday, he's still doing whatever he's doing, whatever's happened on that Sunday is going to help him transition out yeah. of that stage, mm. you know? And we, we just, we're just trying to give back to these young people. Like you said, you know, just do the things that they like. Uh, and just 
be there for them, you know. But one thing I noticed, I mean, this is the other thing which, I'm, again, I'm just going to pick up on something, um, and I know you all. So I, I grew up in a Baptist church, and trust me, I didn't have leaders with New Era hats. I didn't have leaders with high tops. Yeah. Yeah, I have leaders with the garage like tight top. You know, I didn't, I didn't have anything like in like Nike Presto. Presto. I didn't have, I didn't have them leaders. I had like you know sandals and socks. And so, so I, I feel that some people might be looking at this like, boy, if I had leaders like you lot, then we wouldn't have an, we wouldn't have an issue. What do you say yeah, to you? You know what? I, I would say that it's funny because even what what Ephraim was saying about connecting with, with a young person. One of the people that had, the, there's a lot of people that had an impact in my life, you know. But one of the people was a, a teacher at school, five foot one, middle-aged Scottish woman, who pulled me off the playground one time. She used to wear long blouses, do you know what I mean? And, and, and she just asked me a couple questions, do you know what I mean? Why, why do you feel the need to be misbehaving like this? She literally stuck it on me. And, and I remember being about year 10, 15, 16, kind of, and she would meet with me about once every two weeks, she'd pull me out of class, would have a diet. I didn't really see what she was doing back then, but now I realise she was, she, I was being mentored by a, this Scottish, do you know what I mean? Mm. Mrs. Judah, shout out to Mrs. Judah, do you know what I mean? <laughs> but, you know, and she was, and, so, and that made me think, now you haven't got to be, do you know what I mean? Ah, oh, young people will get, do you know what I mean? If you can be a listening ear, do you know what no, I mean? You, I, can, you know what, I think you know it comes I mean? down to his love. Yeah, yeah. that's it, when, man. Because a, a lot of these young Care. people are not experiencing love in their, their home environment. Yeah. There's so many pressures in the family environment, so they're not actually getting a sense of really feeling loved. They go to school, they're not really feeling loved. They're just part of the machine. They just got to churn out mm. attainment, statistics, so on and so forth. And so the different ways in which you can show love you know what I mean? Whether that's sitting down and talking and you completely different cultures, different backgrounds, but yeah. showing an interest, listening, yeah. or it's providing something that they can relate to, yeah. that they can feel like, you know what, they understand that I'm young and, I'm, and I don't see the, the world that they do, but yeah. they respect that and they value that. They're not trying to make me like them, they're trying to meet me where I'm at yeah. because they care about me. Yes. Like, there's all different ways of showing love, but for me, that's what it comes down to, yes. that you're actually loving these young people in tangible ways. Yes, and I, and I think that's, that's the whole thing of, like, when it comes to, like, stuff that you're, you guys are doing and, and stuff, like, I, I, I said before, I'm a dad, so when I look at my kids, um, I realise I'm going to invest in them, and for a good 18 years, they are going to be a drain on my finances. <laughs> Probably longer, do you know what I mean? But, I, but it's, it's, uh, in the break, we were talking about something of, um, we, it's, it's not about overnight successes. Do you know what I mean? Our world is, is full of that. X Factor, do you know what I mean? Oh, you can go on Instagram one day, be no one. Next day, you've got a million followers. And we have to realise that if we want to see an end to this problem, it's a grind. It's, it's a day by day, it's, it's, a, it's a long-term thing. One of the things that you said to me, Ben, ages ago was, I remember um, around the time of Stephen Lawrence and, and that incident, um, it was, there was a fear for black people to walk around South London because of the race issue. 25 years, however many years on, 30 years on, it's no longer a fear in, from, from that, space and that really hit me to say it is possible but it might take 30 years it might take and, and, and I'm and I know in those 30 years we will 
unfortunately, because of how things are, lose many young people. But for the for the majority and for the for the for the for the the loads that we will will see and um, things change for, it is a year. It's just a year in year out, and I think. I mean, that, that's that's why the church is. I mean, it's a good. It's good, yeah, it's the Stephen Lawrence thing, and it's good for me just to clarify what I meant by that, because what I don't want people to think is that yeah, I'm, thinking, no, yeah. I'm thinking like, I mean, we're in like, this post-racial society, yeah, so yeah. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But what I, I, what I did say to you is that 25 years ago, there was a situation is where I expressed in that way in high street yeah. and think, you know what, I'm going to get out of this place of life. That isn't the situation now. So yeah. the situation, I can walk down Elm High Street at whatever time it is at night, and I... I probably, for various reasons, I might not do it, but I'm not thinking I'm going to die. Yeah. So whatever we think about racism, in particular, 25 years on, it isn't that. Mm -hmm. Isn't it expressed that, in that It's way? not expressed in that way. Yeah. So that always gives me hope when it comes to the youth violence issue. We want to get to the point where we can look at our kids and say, do you know what, this youth violence thing, you will not believe what it was like. It 25, no, 10 years ago, it was crazy. It's not that. We want to get to that point. I heard, a, I heard a young person, sometimes I listen, I go on these YouTube channels, like the Drill channels and whatever, and you've got some of them who are the, the young people giving commentary on their own culture. And there's this young guy, I don't think he's over 20, and he was saying, look, you know what, basically we've lost this generation. It's going to take a generation for this thing to change. And this was the mindset, mindset of an under 20-year-old who's in the thick of it. Like, now, I don't necessarily agree with him, um, through, the, through the eyes of faith that we've lost this generation. Yeah. But I understand the sentiment that this thing is so deep now, yeah. it's going to take time. Yeah. You know what yes. I mean? Yes. And so um, I think that is a really important point. I think that it's important that we, we um, are not just tactical in having good tactics on the ground, but we're strategic. Yes. And we're thinking about, you know, systemically how we engage in with, with the, the powers yes. and the authorities and the structures and the systems, as you always say, Ben, in ways that are going to actually see uh, a different environment, a different context develop mm -hmm. so that some of the fundamental contribu fundamentally contributing factors are no longer the same, yeah. you know? Yeah. No, Guys, I think we're getting to the point where we're, we're going to need to wrap up. I just want to give each of you an opportunity to say one final thing if there is something which is burning on, on either of your hearts. Um, it's been amazing. I just, I'm loved just hanging out with you guys. I want to do this again. It'd be good, I think, you know. But like, if there's anything which you just feel like you want to say to... The whole idea about Power to Fight is that it's, it's, it's trying to empower communities, whether that is faith groups, whether that is churches, whether that is arts organisations, anyone who's front-facing with young people and families upskill them and equip them. So if there's, some, if, there, if there's something you want to say to the audience who may well be listening and watching this, is there any final...? The only thing I'd like to say is that, for me, Ben, this power of the fight thing started for you, obviously, you know, forming in your mind a long time ago, but some of the key moments when you gathered loads of us to pray. Do you know what I mean? And you gathered people from different churches, different whatever, and we gathered and we prayed around a few of those evenings. and. Mm. Whatever size church you're in, whatever environment you're in, you can pray. Do you know what I mean? And, and that you can gather a group, you can gather a, you know a few bodies in your house, in your living room, weekly, and say, let's pray for young people. Do you know what I mean? Let's pray for young people in our church, in our city, in the other cities, in our borough, whatever, and just pray. 
And, you know, we can't underestimate the power of prayer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We, we, we believe it. So, yeah. you know, that, that's one thing I would say, whoever you are, yeah. whatever church you're in. You know, for me, I think that in addition to that, um, it's important for Christians and us as church leaders to have confidence in God, in who God's called us to be right. and, and who we are. Um, and I say that particularly in the sense of, so I'm in a borough where um, I'm alongside 1,500 people. Mm. I've got 90 in his youth group. Mm. Like, and I'm in this space and actually I feel relieved that God's brought me to a place where I'm not looking at that in a competitive sense. Yeah, you know, we don't have a youth group. Mm. We have 100 people. But I feel like we've got a place, we've got a contribution to make as part of the family in the borough. And I'm glad to be able to team up and not just as a beneficiary, oh, what can you do for us? But actually God's doing something among us that we can help contribute as a joint effort. And so having that sense of, all right, Lord, this is who you've caused us to be and this is the place that we have, I feel gives a sense, a greater sense of purpose yes. and, and a greater commitment to unity. Yeah. Um, likewise, I'm sitting here with Joe and it's 1,500 people, but he's sitting here talking about unity. Yes. It's not like, we got the numbers, we got the resources. What, what are we going to do as a church, as King's Church? We're just going to do our own thing. Yeah. But there's still that sense of, okay, this is who God has caused us to be in the context of the churches in the borough. Yes. This is how we can play our role in the bigger picture, you know? And so I think that's, that's important. Yeah, it's yeah. really important. I think um, just following on what these guys are saying, like start with where you are and who you have. So that 13-year-old that comes to church on a Sunday, just lead with questions. Don't try and give him the answer. Just, just ask questions about his world um, and go check out Power to Fight. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, because I think the church is, they, the church needs people to resource them, to equip them, to train them so that they are not just ignorantly walking around in the darkness, but they can actually be an effective light. You know what I mean? We say Jesus told us to be the light. That's true, but he was effective. And we need to be resourced. We need to be trained by um, organisations like yourself that can say, oh no, we can be strategic and tactical and still spirit-filled. I love that. So, Amen. Yeah, with Joe as well about prayer. I think that's, that's key. Praying for other churches, praying for grassroots organisations who are on the front line, you know, um, having contact with young people, praying for our young people in general in the neighbourhoods we live in, the nation. I think that, that is key. But, you know, like you were saying about with what you have, whether it's little, whether it's large, it's not about the numbers, it's, it's not about that, it's what resources you have and what you can give back to your community, definitely. Can I, can I just say, I, I came to Faith at 14. Um, it was obviously a very different world um, all those decades ago, <laughs> believe it or not. But I think for me, the fundamental thing was the power of the gospel actually impacted my life. Yes. And I think it's so important, ultimately important, that we don't lose faith in the message of the gospel. The power of the gospel is still God's power to save. Um, and especially for young people whose lives are on the line daily, let's give them the gospel, give them the whole gospel. 
bad news, good news, God's love, judgment, everything. Give them that because I think there's a sense in which actually we can shortchange them mm. by kind of buying into this secular mentality that, uh, well, you know what, that's, that's, there's, there's not really any kind of mileage in that. And, you, you know, you've got to be really kind of um, just um, generic and just do good works. And we have to do good works. Jesus said that we're supposed to do good works. Mm. But at the same time, um, we've got to preach the gospel. Mm. Um, but it's relating it to them in ways that they can receive and not just speaking at them. Contextualization. Contextualization, that's the word, my brother. <laughs> that's the word. That's great. Guys, honestly, thank you for your time. Thank you for your expertise. Thank you for your 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 good works, your deeds, but also just what goes behind that. Part of the reason why I called it Power to Fight is that I believe we're all fighting for something, <clears throat> but how you power that fight determines the victory. And I think one of the things as churches is that we got to power this through prayer. So I really appreciate your time. Um, God bless him for your doing. Um, it's really going to be interesting to see how you guys just continue to move forward. I like the fact that we're going to be like the Avengers now. <clears throat> we can all argue who's going to be whom and what. <clears throat> I'm not Hulk. I just don't even think I'm going to say. But that was great. And so thanks a lot. And um, yeah, I'm sure we'll catch up again soon.